0: Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Voiceover Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is Saturday, August 13th, 2022. Albert Rutherford is a name you're familiar with if you are a regular listener here. But today's topic is a departure from the systems thinking and math oriented topics that are normally the hallmark of Mr. Rutherford's books. From the author's description of the book, international relations for people who hate politics is a multidisciplinary account that draws on history, political science, philosophy, anthropology, and economics, giving the reader, or in this case, the listener, a deep peek into the origins of globalization. We don't do much politics here in these episodes, but this book is mostly a political and theory based. Hope you enjoy this preview of Albert Rutherford's book, International relations. Introduction. Oh, those sleazy politicians. Which is the only mammal that can thrive without a backbone? A politician. How can you spot a politician lying? Their mouth is moving. Have you ever encountered any of these remarks or jokes during your lifetime? If you live on planet Earth, you probably have. Disdain for politicians is just as common as for the parking enforcers. Politicians represent not only a country, a county, or a smaller community. They also represent the art of politics. In the minds of many, politics and politicians became synonyms. But is it prudent to judge a field of science based on some of its representatives? For instance... If you encountered a bad doctor, would it mean that medical science itself is useless? But what if all doctors were bad? Would theoretical medicine matter if all its practitioners did a poor job, one might ask? That's a tricky question. And if this was true, if all medical professionals were as good as dart-throwing monkeys, then sure, theoretical medicine wouldn't serve us much. But that's an extreme statement, and an incorrect one. By the same token, not all politicians are sleazy, lying, backbone-lacking individuals. I would go as far as to say most of them are not. If you're reading this book, there's a high chance you live in a country with democratic values. One of these values is the privilege to vote. Each citizen, therefore, who can legally vote, is a shaper of their country's politics. Ordinary citizens don't need to be politicians by profession to contribute meaningfully. Sticking to the medical analogy, not all patients have to be doctors, but knowing the basics of how the body works, how certain types of foods, a lack of exercise and sleep, stress affect them, will make them make better choices and be healthier individuals. Magnify this to the nation level and you get a healthier more mindful and prosperous society. Similarly, knowing the basics of political science will help voters make better, more informed decisions. Spread this thought to the state level and you get a more educated and intentional society. Politicians are not rotten because politics are derived from the devil. It's the other way around. Partially, society breeds people with values that are not always focused on the common good and partially, it's human nature to take as much as one can until hitting a socially imposed barrier. If some individuals behave in dislikable ways, it's because, at the end of the day, they can. It's not the fault of the individual. The problem lies within the system. Well, let's just change the system, then, one might think. Agreed. But by their nature, systems are slow and hard to change. A system is an abstract concept, the result of elements interacting with one another in pursuit of a purpose. In our case, the political system, at its most basic level, is comprised of a country's citizens who interact a certain way. A meaningful change to the system has to start with a shift in the mindset of its smallest components, the everyday folk, you and me. The first step is to separate political science as a field of study from its demonized earthly representatives. Hating politics and digging one's head in the sand, avoiding voting, or voting for whoever offers a bigger hot dog during the campaign period is not an informed and empowered way of exercising one's privileges. Practicing such behavior on a country level leads to undesirable results. How can we avoid this? One word education. Learning about the programs and the individuals involved in political campaigns is a good practice, but it's not enough. We, as a society, need to know and understand the contextual framework or paradigm in which these actors operate. We need to understand the basics of politics. Knowledge doesn't only serve a better decision making potential. It also makes people feel more empowered and more likely to go to the voting booths. There are many other variables that affect voter turnout and satisfaction, of course, such as age, socioeconomic status, accessibility to vote, and others. Some of these factors are outside an individual's immediate control. What one can do, and no one can ever take away from them, is what they learn. Becoming as educated on basic political matters as possible is never a bad idea, and thanks to the Internet, a lot of knowledge is at our fingertips. There was a time when politics was synonymous with positive concepts, such as accountability, deliberation, intentionality, and public scrutiny. Today, that's barely the case. I'll not lie. You reading this, or any similar book, will not change much about the system— but it may change how you think about politics or how you exercise your political power. You may share your knowledge with your friends, who will also read this or a similar book and change their ways, and they'll share it with two of their friends. The power of exponential growth will slowly but surely create a shift in society. In this book, I'll talk about the field of study that could be considered the backbone of contemporary political dynamics, international relations, Today, the world is more interconnected than ever. Your choices at a voting citizen not only affect the affairs of your own country, but also you have an impact on global dynamics. (laughs) No pressure. This read will help you understand how global politics came into being, who its main influencers were, what the leading ideological concepts throughout its existence were. In the following pages, I'll provide the groundwork for international politics. This is not only a fun, informative read, but also a solid primer for understanding some key political concepts. What does it mean to have a constructivist approach to politics? What's the difference between Marxism, socialism, and communism? How do international politics and political science in general adapt to a changing world? Find out the answers to all these questions and much more in International Relations For people who hate politics, I invite you on a thousand-mile and thousand-year journey. Come, join me. Thanks for listening to Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address newtonmg.com to your friends and colleagues, and please leave us a review or a rating if you enjoyed today's content. Join us on Tuesday for the chapter-by-chapter preview of Albert Rutherford's book, International Relations. Hope you have a great weekend. See you in a few days.